You're listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. This is an American history podcast where each week I, man who enjoys the light of lamps, guy who likes hardwood floors, man who's been known to barbecue, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to man. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Just not even going to fight back anymore. Why not? Because it's just, it's just, it's, I mean, you're just calling me man. It's just not, it's not cool. It's just shitty. It's wrong. Did you have a, a pet hamster as a child? I, I went, I had, ger, I had gerbils. I had a gerbil. I had a couple of gerbils. Well, was it one or two? A couple of gerbils. Consecutively or together? Consecutively. What happened to the first one? They're not immortal, dickhead. How long did it live? The regular lifespan of a gerbil. How long is that? I don't remember. This is a long time ago. Why are you so defensive? Because I just don't like where you're headed. What do you mean where I'm headed, Gareth? You have accused me of killing your father. Uh, No. You've admitted that, number one. There's no number two. (laughs) Number two is what's coming out of your mouth, dickhead. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. (laughs) My name's Gary. Wait. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. (laughs) My room's a place. Now hit him with the puppy. You both present sick arguments. (laughs) No sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action part. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda in the court. Um, ladies and gentlemen, what? if you're listening to this, it means we are actively on tour. And the question is, where are we right now? Well, we will be in Boise tomorrow night, August 1st. We will be in Salt Lake City uh, August 2nd. Uh, we will be in Boulder August 5th. We will be in Denver August 7th. We will also be in those cities uh, other dates, but they're sold out. We will be in Las Vegas August 9th. And we'll be in uh, Phoenix August 10th, and we'll be in San Diego August 12th. And then in uh, the fall, we will be in Bloomington, Indiana, October 7th, Chicago, October 10th, Milwaukee, October 11th, Madison, October 12th, and St. Paul, October 14th. Go to dollappodcast.com for all that. And we will be selling some merch, which we've never done before. We'll have our merch decals, our little signature decals, and then we will also have um, some shirts and stuff of that nature. Um, So you can finally... um, yeah. Should we tell them what shirts we have? No, we'll wait. No. Yeah. Yeah, you'll no, have to people, wait and let see. Let the people... Yeah, let's yeah. see what you got. You come yeah, to you... see us, and then we'll let you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I think I speak for Dave when I say, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And right now, I'm uh, second episode in a row wearing some J-Town hats. The J-Town, uh, yeah, ball boys hat. Yep, that's exactly right. I've come around. Speaking of which, May 29th, 1919, year of our Lord, 
J-Town. He's so cool. He's been playing volleyball on the beach. That's just, I wish his activities were a little more representative of what would be considered cool. Oh, really? You mean the jet ski that he parks when he comes up to the beach? Yeah, but you just seem to have this kind of like 1980s, like he's doing, like he's, he sounds cool in the 80s. He is cool. He's rad. The kids uh, the love term. him. I'm still finding um, areas that I can push back, which is cool. Well, all we all we know is that because J Town is so into what the kids are doing, that the kids are getting into Jesus. They're finding their way to J Town. J Town's finding his way to them. It's all great. Sure. All right. Let's start the episode, huh? A total eclipse was happening in Europe. Whoa. It was a very rare chance to prove Albert Einstein's theory that gravitivity bends light's trajectory. Yes. The gra- yes. Yep. Yeah. He's very nervous, as you would be. Oh, it's opening night, his, baby. His theories are so revolutionary, the technology... The, the, the technology to test them generally doesn't exist. Like, it's not around. So it takes a special circumstance, like a eclipse, to you be know, able to it, test it, it, it's It's a lot like um, Professor Brown and his theory of 1.21 gigawatts uh, being able to send a DeLorean back in time and getting the rare opportunity to use uh, lightning to help uh, Martin McFly uh, get back to his time. Um, and uh, it's, uh, the similarities are, are startling. Not at all. Not at all. Very similar. The experiment was going to be conducted by the British Royal Astronomical Society, and Albert can't go. Uh, he, he's with a graduate student when he gets a telegram stating that he was correct. Why can't he go? I assume. Who's this Well, he's kid? not allowed to cross the. Maybe not allowed to cross the English Channel. No, he's not there just because of the student. Oh. He just can't go oh, he for can't. whatever reason. Oh, okay, right. I thought he was like, "Sorry, I have plans," and they're like, "This is the only. You can't make it to the eclipse." To okay. I got like a student date. I am. I promised this kid I'd eat sandwiches with him. <laughs> Don't want to let him down. I, he would be so disappointed. Um, so the graduate student is very excited and Albert just said, quote, I knew the theory was correct. Showed she up. asked him what he would, what he would have done if it had been proven wrong. And Albert said, quote, then I would have been sorry for the dear Lord. The theory is correct. I just noticed what you've changed your name to in our, <laughs> the place where we record the show. You put an X because of Elon, you're doing an Elon Dave X My, Anthony. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'm X now. Oh, yeah. you go by X. Yeah. Okay. Albert, because I've been doing this podcast for 10 years, so shouldn't I just suddenly have a, a different name for no reason? Doesn't yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you have something successful, slowly pull out the Jenga blocks that are the foundation, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's like change HBO to Max because one everybody loves one thing. Uh, and not excuse the other. me, excuse so me, sir. Sure. That is David Zaslav's greatest moment, and he deserves one hundred and twenty-four million dollars a year for this sort of stuff. Good lord. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. 
So Albert is now thrust into worldwide fame because the the world has been ruined by war and everyone's enthusiastic about celebrating science and this genius. Like it's like a it's like a a positive thing after everything they've been through. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The UK Times headline, the revolution in science, new theory of the universe, Newtonian ideas overthrown. Yeah, baby. Man. Fuck you, Newton. How how great is it to go back to a time when people... I mean, that's just like... <laughs> just cut to now, where people are like, Seriously. you can't film a nuclear explosion. The camera'd pop. <laughs> there were no nukes. Nukes ain't real. So his celebrity uh, is also increased because of his his look and his charm. Like, right? He's he, he's right. not like a drab academic. He's got this wild sort of look. And he's got this hair. He he's got these like, sensuous lips. <clears throat> he's got the, like my pouty lips. Same kind of deal. No naughty pouty Anthony lips. Uh, he also knows how to like perform for the journalists. He's a showman. Right. His his book is translated into English. It becomes a bestseller. Albert quote. Since the flood of newspaper articles, I've been so deluged with questions, invitations, and requests that I dream I'm burning in hell, and the postman is the devil eternally roaring at me, hurling new bundles of letters at my head because I have not answered the old one. Hey, uh, what? He's saying he's getting a lot of mail. Okay, that's a good way to say it, too. (laughs) Oh, just feels like the devil's my mailman, and he's... Fiery poker is the male. Yes. Well, he thinks fame is ridiculous, but he leans into it. But he thinks I was it's just going to say, which, uh, 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 "Come on." If you're really smart, you af- you definitely would grapple with what the fuck is this? You know, completely. Yeah, it's maybe, just so but dumb. it's also like for year. If you're one, if you haven't been recognized by your peers or society for so long, and then it's you get a deluge. You know, party is like. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. He gave a lecture in Prague, and afterwards a young man found him and said, quote, on the basis of EME equals MC squared equation, it would be possible to use the energy contained within the atom for the production of frightening explosives. And he hit him. And Albert Albert said that was foolish. Oh, E-E. <laughs> Regrets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you stupid? Um, now, at son, his uh, at, at fifteen, his son Hans Albert said he told he tells Albert he wants to be an engineer, and Albert told him, "quote I think it's a disgusting idea." Hmm. Hmm. But Hans said, "You know, that's what I'm going to do," and Albert stormed off. And their relationship goes to shit. At least he's becoming a better dad. <laughs> well, he's a better people person. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, Hans goes to Zurich Polytechnic. Uh, he becomes an engineer. When he topped the class in exams, Albert was actually proud, and he wrote Hans and forgave him for shunning science for engineering. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I forgive you for making this t- terrible choice. It's okay that you're an idiot. You're back. That's what matters now. <laughs> Quote, sometimes I'm glad that you have chosen a practical field where one does not have to look for a four-leafed clover. 
That's I mean, a you, you, boy. That's a double. That's a double backhanded uh, compliment. compliment there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. one where you're going. Look, what I love about your work, you don't have to be smart to figure it out. <laughs> yes, exactly. What's, you're not, here's you're not what's thinking, great about you're not your fighting work. something hard. There's not a lot of pressure on you when you're doing your engineering because in what I do, I have to nail it. I have to find the big thing. It's exhausting. You, you're just kind of a dope. You're what my dad would call a dud. You roll out, you, go, you get out of the car with all the other clowns and you honk your little horn. Yeah, you know, it must be nice because you can go somewhere and not wonder. How did this happen? How did this happen? You just sit there and go, hey, can I just get one of your ears, please? Oh, boy. Hopefully the football team plays great this weekend. Otherwise, my life will not have meaning. But as I look at the, the ball that the football players use, and I think, well, why, why is this spin? How much pressure goes behind that? Where is it? Where, what, what elements are at play? But you just sit there and go, oh, could I get another one of these schnitzers, please? I, my stomach hurts, but I maybe go poop later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the rise of anti-Semitism in Germany in the 20s makes Albert feel closer to his Jewish identity. The Jews obviously scapegoats for inflation and the destruction of post-war Germany. Mm-hmm. So they're taking a lot of heat. Some of his Jewish colleagues try to assimilate more and some even convert to Christianity and are begging him to do the same thing. Yeah. It's it's interesting. This kind of seems like an area where he's principled, right? Because he was kind of like a ambivalent uh, Jewish person. But when it comes to this, then he was sort of like, no, fuck you. I'll double down. I'm, now I am Jewish. Well, he's been he was the he, he was the one who was a team when he started. He was the one in the family. That yeah, right. Right. Started, right. Oh, yeah. Right. OK. Judaism. Well, there you go. Um, Whatever. So he embraces Zionism, supporting Jewish settlements in Palestine. Um, some German nationalists now use resentment against Albert's new fame to stoke anti-Semitism in Germany. Well, it's... but that's how it works, right? It's like there's nothing I can do that <laughs> will help. Wait, what do you mean? Well, because he became famous because he 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 got fame for coming up with this theory. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. And even doing that, they use it as a weapon. Right, right, right. To increase their right wing bullshit. Right, right. A right wing aspiring politician, Paul Weiland, wrote articles denouncing relativity as a big hoax. Here we go. Enjoy there we it. Go. Here we go. What? Enjoy it. Enjoy it. <laughs> There ain't no moon, dummy! Uh, so Paul Weiland also created a shady organization called the Study Group of German Scientists for the Preservation of Pure Science. Right. So it's what's, it's what's no happening in America behind. now. It's, exact, uh, it's 100% the same. So yeah. Albert sat in the audience at their first meeting and just laughed at them. Ha, 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 in 1921, a Jewish group asked Albert to do lectures in, Amer- lectures in America and raise money for settlements in Palestine and create Hebrew University. So he arrives in New York City uh, by boat on April 2nd, uh, And it was like the Beatles. He, uh, the, his first appearance, too, Sullivan. He did Ed Sullivan first. Yeah, so, well, he, did, he had previously described 
doing press conferences as undressing in public. But of course, he lands and gives a press conference to an interpreter. Yeah, right. And he's um, out there just like E equals MC equals yeah. MC squared cause E equals MC. It equals MC squared. E equals MC squared. E equals MC squared. That's there's going to be a lawsuit. That's just taking the work of somebody else. It's a no. Beatles song. No, 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 no. Well, he did it first. The Beatles ripped him off. Oh boy. Um. So he visits D.C., and when he's there, the Senate decides to debate the theory of relativity, even though most didn't understand it. Sure. Which is great. Must have been really... <laughs> must have been just, like, looking so at an audience of me. is like, uh-huh. Huh. Oh. Wait. Uh-huh. Oh. Like, everyone, like, looking at each other, wanting to clap. Like, should Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, so two of them squared. Or two times. Yeah. It times. So two MCs. It's like a rap battle. Okay. I get it. Oh, good. All right. Uh, It must have been a bunch of people who were just like, I hope it ends soon. Well, they asked President Harding about it, and he said he just smiled and confessed he did not comprehend the theory at all. I was banging someone in the closet. (laughs) With whiskey. So wherever he goes, he's a celebrity. He's getting flowers. He's just praise everywhere. The fundraising tour just does okay. The poorer Jews wanted to see him and support him, while richer Jews are not really that excited. Interesting. So I I don't really get that, but anyway, he's a working he now, Jews man. But he now knows he doesn't want to be a German. He wants to be like a citizen of the world. Right. So he also he visits Britain and France, who were Germans' enemies in the war. Right. He joined the League of Nations International Committee on Intellectual Com- uh, Cooperation to promote fast f- pacifism among academics. Um, he starts getting along better with his sons and even Maleva, but <laughs> Germany's in bad shape. The, the currency, uh, is terrible. Inflation's going crazy. It costs one mark to buy a loaf of bread in 1920. And by 1923, it costs 700 marks. Oh my God. That's a lot of bread Which for is bread. A lot. You... <laughs> yeah. By the end of that year, it cost one billion marks. I'm that's guessing people just didn't eat bread. Yeah, that's when you're like, well, I guess I'll eat dirt. I'm doing Atkins. The German government introduces a new currency. So the German people blame, uh, they blame different people for, uh, you know, what's going on. Sure. Um, Inflation and poverty pacifists, uh, the French and English, and Jews. Good. Finally. In 1922, a Jewish intellectual politician and friend of Albert's, Walther Rathenau, was assassinated by the Nazis. 
Hitler called his killers German heroes. Hmm. So now Albert is warned that he might be next. His, ha- his name is on a list of communist Jewish conspiracists. Uh, it so is... To, so to ugh. get a... Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this, uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Uh, Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Huh? To get out of harm's way, to get out of harm's way, he and Elsa uh, decide to take a trip and they go on, they go on a tour of Asia and the Middle East. Okay. And now he's still German uh, at the time. So, his diaries make sweeping generalizations about people. Wait, who does? Oh, his diaries. Albert Einstein. Yeah, his diaries. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I thought, okay. Uh, so, quote, uh, the Japanese man is unproblematic, impersonal. He cheerfully fulfills the social function which befalls him without pretension. But the Chinese were, quote, industrious, filthy, lethargic people, often resembling automatons more than humans. Even the children are spiritless and look lethargic. Jesus Christ. It would be a pity if these Chinese supplant all other races. (laughs) For the likes of us, the mere thought is unspeakably dreary. Hey, (laughs) Hey. It's just, it's always, it's always amazing to me that you can be, like, that's what people are saying about the Jews in Germany. I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. And then you go somewhere else and do this. It's just so fucking mind boggling to know. me. I just, no, as you opposed know, but, to, but, hey, we should, we should join forces and, and overthrow the oppressors or whatever. It, yeah. It's like. The idea that all of these problems that society's facing could all be blamed on the Jews when it's clearly pretty much the Chinese. (laughs) 
Do you understand uh, what it's like to feel marginalized and just put into a certain bucket of thoughts and how, how you just view people not based on how they are personally, but just sweeping generalizations and stereotypes that cause violence and harm against them? Except the Chinese. What's with them, huh? Can I just take your order, sir? Yes. I will have uh, the Kung Pao chicken. The food is unbelievable. The Kung Pao chicken. (laughs) Uh, He wasn't done, by the way. Okay. Quote. The Chinese are incapable of being trained to think logically and that they specifically have no talent for mathematics. I noticed how little difference there is between men and women. I don't (laughs) understand what kind of fatal attraction Chinese women possess that enthralls the corresponding men to such an extent that they are incapable of defending themselves against the formidable blessings of offspring. it, It got so strange, it actually lost me. What is what is the last offspring part? He's just saying that I can't believe that they would, you know, have sex and have kids with right because they look so similar. I would imagine if you were a Chinese, you fuck yourself. (laughs) So almost any woman he comes across that he mentions in the diary, he talks about whether or not she's voluptuous or rotund. Or one of the finest figures I've ever seen. Like any woman, he, that he, that's what he mentions is how hot they are. So he rarely he's mentions one of his our wife. greatest minds in science ever, but he's also like Lorenzo Lamas. Well, is Lorenzo Lamas even that bad? Yeah, he, they, I can't remember what the, this is such a horrible reference, but he had a, there was some show where he brought out a laser pointer and he'd always show out their problems. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, John. And, and okay. everyone was like, what the fuck? Although now everyone would be like, he's a presidential candidate. Uh, he rarely men- mentions Elsa, his wife, except when he uh, brings up her indignation when he leaves her behind. Her indignation. Again, he, he has another one of these wives who doesn't want to be left behind. Yeah. Once again. Yeah. No. A lot of the wives seem to want to be his wife. <laughs> Did you, have you noticed that? <laughs> like think, a, yeah, a, weird. a stunning amount expect a marriage from him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he learns on this trip in November 1922 that he had won the Nobel Prize for Physics. He had been nominated we, many times, first in we know, 1910. And, and that money is going. We know where that half that money's going. That's awesome. Go ahead. Albert was annoyed it took so long, so he refused to change his travels to go to the ceremony in Sweden. Nice. And it, and it actually wasn't, it actually is not for his work on relativity. He was never recognized for that by the Nobel Committee the prize was for his services to theoretical physics and his discovery of the law of the photoelectric of effect. Which was such so a it wasn't dumb even the thing. It's that like he really... when they gave Pacino the Oscar for Scent of a Woman. It's like, all right, it's a make em up. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, he got $32,000, which is about 500000 today, and half and, went to and, Maleva and her son. He did do it. Oh, I was teeing us up for him he not did. doing it. He did it. Uh, I know. Nice. All he right, did get that's set nice. up on that one. That's good. Uh, in 1923, he had an affair with his secretary. Whew, this guy Betty is. <laughs> this guy is. I, why do you think he wanted to leave with his wives at home? It's hard when you're, like, you're with your cousin, double cousin. So it's like you're having you have two uh, wives, kind of. Sure. And now, and now you have a secretary that's not a cousin, and you're like, oh, what's that pool like? <laughs> 
Yeah. You know it's strange. I mean? Yeah. Non, non-cousiny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's offered a job in New York, and he tells Betty she can come live with him in the house with his wife is in. Quote, I will convince my wife to allow this. We could live together forever. He's so maybe he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't know what people are. Is that a possibility? Like I don't he doesn't? know. I not. It's like it. It's so. You could talk about the polyamorous thing before you get married, but when well, you're in a marriage, and then <laughs> it's also like, are you gonna cheat on her, or are you gonna like? What's like? It's like don't. I think shit the plan you... was really to be like. I think the plan was really to, to go to his wife and go, so there's another lady I want to fuck and I want to have her here in the house. But if you're not supposed to shit where you eat, you shouldn't be like, we're going to put a toilet in the kitchen. Yeah, no, that's true. So Betty just teased him for what was a crazy suggestion, and then eventually she realizes that this is not going to happen and she ends the relationship. Okay, okay. So after becoming world famous, it's amazing uh, Albert- the, it, he, this mind he has for for science and physics, and yet and he's a fucking idiot. And then he's like, "Why don't we just bring the woman I'm fucking into my my wife's house?" It's a lot like when your dad brought a date to Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is. It's a lot like that. <laughs> uh, uh, you can find that on my album. Hot yeah. Hate. So. After, um, after he becomes world famous, Albert starts to lose, like, his intellectual innovation, his creativity. Right. He starts falling behind as new discoveries are made. And in the 1920s, quantum physics is the, the new frontier. Albert's skeptical. He, he believed it early on, but now that it's better understood, he's not sure about it especially the theories of randomness and probability and uncertainty. Even though some of that builds on his prior work, he's like, yeah, I don't really know. Um, He's pursuing a unifying theory of everything. He wrote a paper to understand the gravitational and electromagnetic field as one, and he hoped it would dispute some uncertainties of quantum theory, but two years later, he disproved his own theory, and so that... (laughs) It it does have to feel a little bit like... You know, he kind of like he he had such a big hit. <laughs> yeah. And oh no, he did. He had he had like a huge hit, and then it's like, you know, he's like, well, now what? I mean, he's coming up with other songs. It's just like he wants yeah, another and hit, not and another bad. hit's hard. They're not bad. They're not and bad. It's like, good. and the hardcore fans are just going, "I like the new stuff." You know, but they're all yeah. kind of going like they're at the Don McLean show. Like, just do American Pie, man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so quantum physics is becoming more accepted and a- Albert's starting to look like quaint at best and like a crank at worst. OK. So whenever he writes a new paper, it, it gets in international mainstream press. Right. Time interviews him and said he looked, quote, haggard, nervous, and irritable due to ongoing stomach problems and constant visitors. Well, just stop having visitors. Quote, Dr. Dr. Einstein, like so many other Jews and scholars, takes no physical exercise at all. Hey, Time, can we actually... What's that? Sorry, Dave. What's that? 
I'm going to actually sidebar with Do time for a, a second. Th- uh, can, Go ahead. Can I just? Can I just? Can you leave the room? And can I just talk to Time for a minute? Um, yeah. For a magazine that is called Time, it might be good to mm-hmm. think of longevity because time goes on for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, come back in, yeah. Dave. Finish the quote. I just want to make sure uh, Time had a understanding. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I was just saying the thing about how Jews don't like to exercise. Well, they're they're in their shops selling things, so they don't have time. <sighs> time, time's new headline: Why can't Jews do pull-ups? It's so, it's so crazy to read through the past, just like mainstream press, and see how fucking racist and anti-Semitic yeah. and everything is. Oh no, and misogynist! A, like it's a just, bore, but a, on a level where it's like, I, honestly, like when I see the cartoons, I'm like. What? Oh my god! Oh my like, god! What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in 1929, his new paper, trying to create a unification theory, sold out immediately. So people, people are like, like man, the website like, crashed. He, 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 he like Taylor Swifted. <laughs> people are like, man, I can't even, dude. You can't even get nosebleeds for the new <laughs> Einstein theory. <laughs> Journalists are totally wowed by it. The New York Times went to churches to interview theologians and Christians who claimed Albert proved their faith was true. Less than a year after publishing it, he gives up on the theory. He's like, that's not, that's Man. not happening. He's like Zach De La Roca. It's got a, but you're right though. Like he had a huge hit and he's trying to take big swings. Yeah, no, he's um, like, yeah. So he and Elsa move to a country town outside of Berlin where Albert can sail on the lake. Uh, various women are visiting, some he's having affairs with. Sure. So Elsa, Elsa knows about some, and she's not happy about it, but he's unapologetic. Quote, what one enjoys and doesn't harm others, one should do. Yeah, but Albert, it's but- harming me. <laughs> So here's what I think you're missing in that, because I think that is fine. But you're my husband, and it is harming me. Do you understand? It's he. He just doesn't see women as humans. He just doesn't look. If I want to sleep around with other women, I am allowed to, as long as it hurts no other human. Which a woman? I like. I like to fuck. What do you want me to do? Yeah. You should have known I was a fuck boy when you looked at my hairstyle. Elsa said, quote, I find him wonderful, although life with him is exhausting yeah. and complicated. Uh. Yeah, it certainly is. So while at uh, university, Hans fell in love with a woman nine Ugh. years older. His parents, his parents... Albert and Maleva agree she is unattractive nice. and scheming and tried to convince nice. him not to marry her. If it's anyone like, Okay. Uh, did you at all Albert, If Albert wants did you, If Albert wants to do that what? Okay. Whatever. The guy's erratic. He's proof The fact that Maleva is like she has a bit of a limp. She's nine years older? Yeah, but they, she's this disgusting. is exactly not even That's what Albert. I'm saying, Maleva. 
Uh, even Albert, like, oh. Albert, no, but I'm saying both of them. Yeah. Not, you said Albert has a, no, neither one yes, of them. They went through Maleva, this. They both uh, but Maleva experienced it so firsthand of being like her, her mother-in-law yeah, was yeah. basically like, you're not good enough. And so he's, Hans is probably like, look, yeah. don't worry. You're going to love my mother. She's going to love you. The bar is so low. And she's like, nine years older. She's a bit of a dog, isn't she? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, just accept the fact that the older woman is better in bed, and that's... Wow. Like, come on. Wow, you're going there, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I went there. Edward has mental health issues. Well, that's why the young dudes are in Well, it. Dave, I... I Dave, I, as, I, I will... I mean, you can think whatever you want. I don't see age in a woman. I think all women are beautiful, powerful... Uh, Angels and you know each one's different and who knows, some may be uh, great and others may not be. But either way, I mean, it's just as long as there's beauty and passion and I get to finish where I want. Look who's never taken a dive in a lake cougar. <laughs> Edward has uh, I'm mental ju- health I'm, I'm, issues. No, I'm not going to let you get away with that shot, study. bro. I used the summer camp at Lake Cougar. <laughs> Do not come at me with the Lake Cougar stuff. <laughs> And so Edward has mental health issues, uh, and he wants to study psychiatry. He also fell in love with an older woman. But with Edward, it did not work, and he becomes very depressed. So after Albert visits him in 1930, Edward tries to Hmm. take his life. Maleva begs for Albert to help, but he was off on another voyage to America. It's supposed to be a low-key two-month research trip at Caltech, and he gets tons of speech offers and invitations, but he declines them all. When they dock, this time, there's a hundred reporters and photographers swarming the ship. So weird. So he's literally like, like you're you're not kidding when you say it's like the Beatles. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, except now he's like maybe trying some different psychedelic shit, you know? E-M-C squared. And like, what? This is weird, man. I think he's taking something. Um, he answered inane questions uh, with quips and one-liners. My theory of relativity is bigger than Jesus. Oh. One asked what he thought of Hitler, and he said, quote, he is living on the empty stomach of Germany. As soon as economic conditions improve, he will no longer be important. It's like... I know, it's yeah, not great. Um, it's also like, you know, <laughs> you would be like, you would be like, look, it's a little crazy over there right now, but it ain't going to get, can't get crazier. In San Diego, he gave a famous speech, a famous pacifist speech, calling on people to resist military drafts. Quote, the timid might say, what is the use? We shall be sent to prison. To them, I would reply, even if only 2% of those assigned to perform military service should announce their refusal to fight as well as urge means other than war of setting in, settling international disputes, governments would be powerless. They would not dare send such a large number of people to jail. Nice. And inspired, inspired pacifists start wearing badges that say 2%. Milk. Now, the president of... The president of Cal, yes, milk. The president of Caltech, Robert Milliken, is a noble winning physicist and a huge conservative. 
Of the 2% speech, Milliken said, quote, the 2% comment, if he ever made it, is one which no experienced man could possibly have made. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can't be, yeah, what you, you can't be yeah. an experienced man at life uh, whose country's been through a war to uh, really come away with uh, Americans are so out of their fucking minds. He, so Milliken really hates this guy named Charlie Chaplin who is a yeah, huge yeah. lefty, yeah, bigger yeah. lefty than Einstein. And Milliken is alarmed when the two of them become <laughs> friends. The Einstein go to Chaplin's movie premiere, uh, A City of Lights, to a raucous applause. Chaplin said, quote, they cheer me because they all understand me, and they cheer you because no one <laughs> understands you. This is a horrible one. It's just so weird. Like, he is... It's just pure yeah. celebrity. So now he's in the celebrity world. He's hanging out with Chaplin. The just celebrity is so well, fucking I, weird. I, I, it's so this weird. is not a great comp, but there are many similarities to like, like the way that Neil deGrasse Tyson has kind of because he's so smart and because he has he and again I know there's some issues there. Um, I actually had a tweet at him once that fucking got so many likes it was i was worried um but uh but it, it is like they you know it's it is the power of celebrity i mean it's like it kind of takes over and it becomes you become like a rock star scientist which is even when we talked earlier about einstein sort of saying he rejects celebrity i mean he clearly doesn't really you know if you if you rejected celebrity right. you would be right. taking a different course of action because if it's all if your work is all you really give a shit about you just fucking stay home and do your work but he's making trips he can't take care of his son because he wants to go bask in the spotlight a little bit and he's friends with famous people um so you know it's yeah it's very clear that like it, and and that is a thi- that is a thing celebrities do too, right? They show up to premieres, but then they also ask, "Why can't I go to the grocery store?" It's like, bro, you 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 can do a version. Yeah, of this. totally. There's a version of this where you don't get bothered. Oh yeah. So Albert makes a speech lamenting that science was used more often to do harm than good, and trying to make life better for all humans should be the aim of science, but. In war, it has given us, quote, the means to poison and mutilate one another. And in peace, it has enslaved men to machines, making them work Ugh. long, wearisome hours, mostly without I mean, joy I'm going to bang labor. the guy. <laughs> um, socialists now try to recruit Albert. He is skeptical of socialist revolutions that suppressed freedom. A lifelong friend said, quote, he was completely anti-totalitarian, no matter whether it was Russian, German, or South American. He approved of a combination of capitalism and socialism. Sure. Uh, he did admire the attempts by the, the Russian communists to remove the class system and encourage simple living. He was very critical of American excessive consumption and Well, disparity. I think we'll have the last laugh on that one, so, Mr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein. That's right. There's never been a more equal. When I was on the place. plane yesterday, watch again. I just watched the bags of trash per flight. Just like, hey, walk me through the plan again. Yeah. By December 1931, Albert knew he had to leave Berlin. He did a short research stint at Caltech, and then he went to the Institute for Advanced Studies near Princeton um, to take their offer 
which was long-term. He had no teaching duties or academic pressure. It was just researching mm. at his own pace. But it wasn't going to open until summer 1933, and Milliken is furious. Right. He's the Caltech guy. He's been working hard to establish a relationship with Einstein, only to be snubbed. But it's also like, you're a conservative asshole. Like, what are you talking about? Well, who like, called like, him out already? He wouldn't wanna... So, like, yeah, he's not... Yeah, already called him out. He, uh, Milliken suggests that they share Albert Einstein, but Albert was like, no. I'm Albert's like, that's share. just for women. <laughs> he still thinks he might occasionally be able to return to Germany and keep his position at the Prussian Academy. But buddy. He's like, I might be able to pull buddy. this off. Yeah, he's very deluded about what's going to happen. Well, so many were, obviously, you know. The Woman Patriot Corporation protested his new job. They were, quote, guardians against socialist, pacifist, communist, feminist, and undesirable aliens. So the whole, the package. Right. They sent a 16-page memo to the State Department full of reasons to deny him a visa. Quote, not even Stalin himself is affiliated with so many anarcho-communist international groups to promote this preliminary condition of world revolution and ultimate anarchy as Albert Einstein. Damn. Again, it's like when Nixon was like, "Man, John Lennon's got to leave. It's Yeah, the conservatives are just out oh, of their man. fucking minds. Nuts. 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 The State Department gave the letter to the FBI... Over 23 years, the agency's dossier on Albert would be 1,427 pages. <laughs> the American consulate calls him in to ask to ha- for an interview, asking him whether he was a communist or a oh socialist. My God. After 45 minutes, he yelled, quote, Your countryman invited me, begged me. If I am to enter your country as a suspect, I don't want... To go at all. And then he went back to his cottage and told them if he did not get a visa by noon the next day, he wouldn't go to America. And the visa was immediately issued. Doesn't everyone know when they enter America they're a suspect? I'm not sure what's. It's pretty much. <laughs> that's called that during that's America. That's pretty much what we're doing over here. Are you not uh, clear on that, buddy? That's kind of our goal. That's our model. He. Uh, they leave. Uh, they leave Germany officially in December 1932. Why? They're, it's their official out. That that was a month before Hitler took power. I think the writing was on the wall that she, she was about to go real bad. Man, it's like that's that's what I keep um, trying to pull off to be like. I got to leave America right now. I just can't do it. Yeah, you're at. You're at. We're very close. Um, he, the ne- so the next month, Hitler takes power. He, in March, his apartment is raided and ransacked five times in three days. He still expects to work in Germany It's in a April. phase. And he gets on a ship. He's in the middle of the Atlantic when he learns the Nazis have raided his country house, looking for a, quote, cachet of communist weaponry. Elsa's daughter, Margot, escapes with her husband to Paris and they smuggle his papers to the French embassy. Wow. Wow. So he gets word on the ship? Yeah, halfway, halfway across. Man. They would have oh killed him. Oh, my God. They're, look, they're trying to. 
He he turns um, he, the ship goes to Belgium and there he renounces his German citizenship and resigns from the Prussian Academy. And the Nazis are fucking livid because they wanted to humiliate him by firing him in front of the Academy. Uh, okay, I thought I thought they were like, why wouldn't he want to be German? <laughs> we're hip now. No, they wanted to use him. Yeah. In, remember, they used him to to increase anti-Semitism. Yeah, right. um, so. The Academy had some Nazi sympathizers, so they no one really objected or stood up for Albert. The Nazis then said no Jew could hold an official position in any academy or university. So they were gonna they were waiting until he got there to do that. Use him as an example. Right. There was a five thousand dollar bounty on Albert's Jesus. head. Jesus. Which is like a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. That is nuts. So now he has, um, he's got new thoughts on passing. I mean, a, a, a wanted poster for Albert Einstein. I mean, a mess like crazy. what? Huh. It's insane. So there's, there, now he's like, there are some situations where taking up arms is morally right. Uh, he's very public about it. And some are saying he's indecisive or inconsistent. But to him, it was like, it was scientific. There was new data, yeah. new evidence. So he changed his hypothesis. Yeah. Um, Edward was in an asylum near uh, Zurich at this point with schizophrenia, and Albert decides he should visit him. Oh, nice. Uh, and Maleva. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's going to do a two for his. So, like, can they be in the same room so I can bang it out in like 45? <laughs> I'm actually looking to go play pickleball this afternoon with some ants that I'm trying to fuck. So he, he thinks he's going to be able to spend half his time in Europe now, but this is the last time he's ever uh, going to see them. Mm. In October 1933, he joins his wife and his assistant on uh, a boat to America. Is that the assistant? Security's That's not the tight. one he was banging. Uh, no, new new, okay. yeah, she's out okay. of the picture. Um, now, this time, security's really tight. When they get there, they're, they're whisked away on a tugboat before the press sees sure. them. Um, so the, the picture of Albert as a kindly, disheveled, absent-minded professor mostly comes from this time, his time at the Institute. Um, quote, I'm a kind of ancient figure known primarily for his non-use of socks and wheeled out on special occasions as a curiosity. I have reached an age when if someone tells me to wear socks, I don't have to. Sure, that's very fair and... I would sure. think that quote probably doesn't do too many favors as far as people being like, yeah, he's, he's a genius. Uh, the Institute director, Flexner, wanted him to avoid publicity, scared it would lead to anti-Semitism. But Albert thought there was no anti-Semitism in America. Well, he's obviously right. But also, wouldn't you want a guy, <laughs> wouldn't it make sense to, like, as opposed to being like, Jews don't exist, to being like, hey... What a great, heroic, genius Jewish person. Wouldn't that be a better direction? <laughs> yeah, you'd think. Yeah, instead of being like, you'd think. Uh, Albert, the one rule is uh, don't be a Jew and uh, don't ruffle any feathers and don't really come up with too much because we don't want people knowing you're here. We actually are trying to eliminate the idea that Jews exist. That's kind of what we're doing. Hey, we're America. Yeah. Our official policy, hide the Jew. Our official we're policy, trying to hide, hide you, and uh, here's why. In America, we know how to solve stuff and not exacerbate. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. A rabbi asked Albert to speak to FDR about the plight of the European Jews. So the Institute gets a call from the White House 
and Flexner is furious, and he declines the invitation on Albert's behalf. What? So Albert doesn't know about the invitation until later, and then he has to write Eleanor Roosevelt apologizing because this guy is running a Jew block. Yeah, like he's this like, guy is trying to erase the existence of Jews. Yes, in I order, want to help out. Yes, exactly. In order to solve uh, the crisis, he's like, we just need to sleight of hand this religion. And you could have had a guy who knew what it was like in Germany go there and talk to FDR. I'm sure that would have made a bigger difference, but whatever. That didn't happen. Yeah, well, what matters is... uh, Flexner. I mean, well, we still rushed into it. So he's really angry that Flexner kept trying to control him. On a letter he wrote, his return address as Concentration Camp Princeton... (laughs) You know, that, that mailman was like, there's Jesus. no stamp. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you have any idea what they're doing here? Maybe it's just a place for people with ADHD. God, I hope it's that. He complains about the meddling uh, of the Institute's trustees. And so Flexner has to back oh, Sorry, he complains about it to the trustees. And Flexner has to back okay. off. He's like, this guy's too much. So... Their relationship never gets better. Um, Elsa's oldest daughter, Eliza, died from leukemia. Elsa, quote, changed and aged almost beyond recognition. Her other daughter, Margot, moves to the U.S., uh, as does Hans and his family. So Elsa uh, became afflicted with a swollen eye, which was from heart and kidney problems. Which I've never heard of. I didn't know that. I didn't know your eye would nope. swell, but here we are. She had an eye tie. Uh, she dies. She dies on December twentieth, nineteen thirty six. Albert just worked. Quote: As long as I am able to work, I must not and will not complain because work is the only thing that gives substance to life. Woof! That's a bad quote. Feels <laughs> so I felt. This is really bad. That's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Life is a series of appointments. He looked, quote, ashen with grief, but went uh, to his office every day. Now, there's two European refugee scientists in the U.S., uh, Sealand and Vignar, and um, they're worried that the Germans would buy uranium from the Congo, which is, at this point, a Belgian colony. And if you don't know what they did there, uh, very much like what the Germans did to the with the Germans to the Jews, uh, sorry, Nazis, whatever. So Sealand theorized that uranium would be used to create a nuclear chain reaction. And they go to Albert, and the three of them write to the Belgian government, warning them to be careful about uranium exports. And then they write FDR about the potential for a new kind of bomb, which the Germans might be pursuing. So FDR puts together a committee to investigate the potential of the technology and Albert doesn't want to be a part of it. He wants nothing to do with it. And Seelan and Vignar were in. So FDR called a conference and asked Albert to come, but Albert said he had a cold. Nice. Uh, and the meeting Mark Norman the said to us led about to the, the Manhattan times. Project. <laughs> so the meetings led to the Manhattan Project, which uh, 
made the nuclear bomb. <sighs> well, thank so, God we didn't let. Even if Albert, thank God we didn't let the Germans have their hands on it. We'll do that. That's right. So even if Albert uh, had wanted to be a part of the Manhattan Project, he probably couldn't have because the FBI probably wouldn't have allowed it. Hoover wrote to the army chief about the, quote, pacifist and political groups he had supported. I, I just want to point out that if you're a pacifist in America, and this still goes today, if you are a pacifist, you are considered an enemy. It's also like, I, I forget what it was. I can't remember what the New York Times was reporting the CIA said a couple days ago. But it's like, here's an idea. If the New York Times tells you what the CIA is thinking, let's just not count that for anything anymore. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say we don't it's, allow that to be where we get our information for stuff like that anymore. Well, that's, yeah, that's the New York Times, though. What do you expect? They're just a stenographer. For I love Wordle. Love my Wordle. Like <laughs> I can't. Wordle's great. You Wordle? Uh, I used to. We should share Wordles. Um, no, I don't want to be a part of anything that you're saying. Let's share right the now. Wordle, bud. It said right after you finish it, you get to share it with your buddies. Hoover also falsely claimed Albert attended the World Anti-War Congress in 1932, which meant he was pro-Soviet. Hoover also included false biographical information like Albert had one child, was an extreme radical, and contributed to communist magazines. So Hoover just made up a bunch of shit did, to did make Hoover, Albert look worse because Albert was a pacifist. Did Hoover just have like Mad Libs where he just would like put in like the names I mean, of people and it was just kind of like, it's almost like how you fill out a contract where you just change the date, the person's name, the signature, stuff like that, but it's all just pretty much yeah. like, he's an enemy. Well... It's the FBI. Yeah, like, you know. That's what they do. Not telling the truth is part of the thing. Yeah. So when Albert finally finds out about the Manhattan Project's progress, he's very, uh, he's very, ups he's distressed. He's upset. Right. So there, there's no discussion about how to control it. So he fears an arms race, if you can imagine. Imagine. Near the, near the end of the war, in March 1945, he pleaded with Sealand to convince Americans not to use the bomb. Germany's losing the war. They don't have a bomb, so there's no reason for the U.S. to finish the project. He wrote to FDR. FDR never read it. After FDR died, they found the letter still unopened in his office. He was too sick to read it. That'll teach you. It was passed uh, to Truman's Secretary of State, who met with Sealand, but then in the end just didn't care. And two atom bombs were dropped in Japan. On August 19, in August 1945, 200,000 people died as a result, and specifically targeting civilians. Like, that was the point. Well, with those nukes, though, it's, I mean, <laughs> the idea that you're like, it's just going to hit the specific look. It's like, it's probably going to spread a little bit, to be quite honest with you. Well, and Truman really wanted no, to do no, it, right? No. Like, Truman was like... I don't, honestly, I don't remember. But Truman's a, he's a general. Right, so yeah, right. What, yeah. I mean... So he was... It feels like the toy. He was like, come on, let's see if it really does it. Let's see if it really does it. Time magazine put Albert on the cover, this time with the mushroom cloud behind him and E equals MC squared. What the fuck? Quote, 
Albert Einstein did not work directly on the atom bomb, but Einstein was the father of the bomb in two important ways. Hey, tell your cover. (laughs) One, it was his initiative which started U.S. bomb research. Two, it was his equation which made the atomic bomb theoretically possible. I mean... So that's got to be a good day for Albert. Yeah. I mean, you're a pacifist. I mean, just... (laughs) Man, uh, fucking time. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a pacifist. Like, people will take your work and use it for evil. Well, and and even beyond that, it's like you are vilifying the pacifist as the pacifist led to war. So it's like, look, it's better to trust those who want war than the pacifist who gave you this. Uh, he wouldn't talk to the press for a month. Why? And when he did, he... St- <laughs> I don't what know. was his deal? When he did, he stressed... He stressed that nationalism was always going to cause wars and the world needed an international governing body. He envisioned a global authority with a monopoly on military power that superseded any nation. He campaigned on this issue for 10 years. He also wanted international control of nuclear weapons to avoid unparalleled catastrophe in the future. It's like a good idea at the time, but it's like... (laughs) I mean... You know, uh-huh. It's, uh... Mm-hmm. There's just... I, I think when you maybe live then, you're like, yeah, okay, there could be some control over this stuff. And now you're like, yeah, no, there's no... We don't have solutions anymore. We just have what's the yeah. worst version. What's the fastest way to kill everybody? So he's constantly invited to give speeches. Uh, he refuses most. In 1946, he spoke, he spoke at a black university in Pennsylvania. Quote, the separation of the races is not a disease of colored people, but a disease of white people. Uh, okay, uh, I Dave, I need a break. I need a break. I'm sorry. I, 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 I want to take a five. I'm going to take a five. I, I'm, just give me a five. I'm a little hot right now. I'm just a little hot right now. I'm a little hot right now. It's just so It's just so weird. Like, yes, you're right, but also... The way you treat women, like... Yeah. Uh, his speech is mostly ignored, ignored by the mainstream press. Uh, only black papers cover it. He wrote in an article in a magazine that the more he felt like an American, the more it, its slavery past pained him. Um, so he makes he becomes friends with a civil rights activist, actor and singer Paul Robeson. Robeson is on J. Edgar Hoover's uh, DETCOM list, people who would be put in concentration camps if war breaks out with the Soviets. By who? (laughs) What do you mean? Whose concentration Uh, camps? American government. What? Our concentration camps? Yeah, American concentration camps. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure. We had them. We put the Japanese in them. No, I know. Yeah, we had them in internment camps. Yeah, yeah. He was blacklisted from performing in the 40s. Uh, Albert wrote a letter to President Truman supporting Robinson's anti-lynching campaign, and Truman said, quote, time is not right to pass anti-lynching laws, which I think is an episode of the, episode of the West Wing, if I recall correctly. That's exactly what they would have said on the West Wing. <sighs> but uh, in uh, 1948, Maleva dies after having two strokes. I'm still not ready to move on. <laughs> Man. And it's... Uh, it's so deflating. That one on, the anti-lynching thing. 
the, the anti-lynching, we're not, it's not time for an anti-lynching conversation. went on for ages in America. It's crazy. Ugh. If you can imagine. Maybe their slogan wasn't right. Um, so Maleva dies. Uh, Edward is living in care, but his behavior is getting more erratic and violent. Then Albert is hospitalized. He has an aneurysm in the abdominal aorta, so it's like blistering of a blood vessel. No treatment. He just has to be careful with his diet. In 1949, he writes an essay titled Why Socialism? And he argues that unrestrained capitalism produced great disparities of wealth, cycles of boom and depression, and festering levels of unemployment. If you can imagine. (laughs) It encouraged selflessness over cooperation. He advocated for a socialist economy with a democratic government. He also described America as half-fascistic. Oh, I, I would really, I'd like to put old Al Einstein in a time machine and let him see us today. <laughs> Show him how stupid his words are. I mean, really, like, did he, could he have stuck that landing better? I mean, that is so... Yeah, he, yeah, he nailed so it. <laughs> Except the half-fascist part. Uh, I, I, it's so funny that there's the famous Zappa on Crossfire basically uh, saying the same thing, uh, calling America half-fascistic, and the, and the guy's just losing their mind. And it's like, no, Albert Einstein was saying that in the 40s. It's a great clip. So he doesn't condemn communism. He doesn't, he doesn't like the Russian government because uh, it's authoritarian. He thought the hype of communism being a threat to America, however, was nonsense. Right. Quote, America is... Com- incomparably less endangered by its own communists than by the hysterical hunt for the few communists that are here. We have come a long way towards the establishment of a fascist regime. Well, uh, I think uh, all I'll say to old Al Einstein is, baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. When news came that Russia had developed its own bomb, America panics. We start working on the hydrogen bomb. Albert went on Eleanor Roosevelt's new TV show. Who the fuck knew how she had a TV show? Sure. It sounds like she had like a talk show. Yeah. What? Eleanor After Dark. You never saw it? It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. So good. It was like Dinah Shore. <laughs> Albert went on Eleanor Roosevelt's new TV show, quote, each step appears as the inevitable consequence of the one that went before. And at the end, looming ever clear, lies general annihilation. And he criticized the growing Red Scare. The next day, Hoover ordered his head of domestic intelligence to compile a report on Albert's loyalty and possible communist connections. A 15-page report listed organizations but didn't actually link him to communist causes. Again... Many of his biographical details are completely wrong, like having a phantom son named Albert Einstein Jr. Jr. who lived in Russia. Yeah, they made up a, a commie son. That's, and they couldn't even be creative. <laughs> I mean, and they're like, he's, his name is, he's Albert Einstein Jr. and he lives in Russia. <laughs> his, actual son, his actual son, Hans, uh, was a professor at Berkeley. So kind of the same thing. <laughs> so... Uh, they become more systematic and dogmatic about gathering information on Albert. What was missing from his 1,400-page file 
was that Albert did actually meet a Soviet spy. They had an affair in 1941. Mm. Margarita Konenkova, she introduced him to the Soviet vice consul in New York. She was never able to get any useful information out of him, and he refused to visit Moscow. He was probably just trying to like eat her ass the whole time or something like that. She's like, so, right? He was trying. Yeah, to, he's it, just he's just like a dirty old <laughs> man. She's like, I don't know how many secrets yeah. he has, but he really loves butt play. <laughs> or no, sorry, I don't know how many secrets he has, but he loves butt play. And he's like, is it possible? Maybe we do. The, maybe I'll go down on your butt again. She's like, tell me, Albert, when you've <laughs> talked to the government in the United States, what are their plans for the future? Uh, what are their plans for the future, Albert? And he's like, I don't know. It's not much. What do you say? I go to Chabot again. Um, so the FBI never found out about that until their, their love letters were released in 1998. So they had no idea. Uh, so they just made up things. So, so the FBI so, could have had a cogent connection <laughs> and instead <laughs> made up Al Einstein Jr. lived in Russia. Meanwhile, he's Austin Powersing. <laughs> He's got a fake boy! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, in 1953, public supported non-cooperation with McCarthy, the McCarthy-Red Scare Senate hearings. Uh, Albert said intellectuals called to the committee should refuse to speak. Not, not take the fifth, but just use the First Amendment. And one physics professor called, refused to talk. Quote, I refuse to answer that, and I am following the advice of Professor Einstein. The media just goes batshit fucking crazy, calling Albert's suggestion legal disobedience. That's the New York Times. Uh, the Washington Post called him an extremist. The Philadelphia Inquirer called him an instrument of propaganda. And McCarthy said Albert Einstein was an enemy of America. How so, great all very is it? Calm. How great is it when the propagandists are like, you're propaganda? That is just so... The playbook it's is fucking, just so... It's always the same. I, th- I think that's what I just will never get over is, like, it's the technology's changed. The premise is identical. They're always doing what they accuse others of. Yes. Like in schools. Yes. They're trying to take over schools. They're trying to put in all their fascist bullshit. They're trying to destroy schools, and that's what they're accusing The reason why of. Florida textbooks now are talking about uh, the slaves that benefited from slavery is because they're a bit, really because they're worried that the white children are going to grow up feeling guilt. So yeah. we'll just go this direction. So you, because of your lies that have hurt the white children, we're going to put some lies in here. Yeah, but the only reason they're doing that is because they don't want their kids to come home and ask them why they're using the N-word. Well, as well as, as, well as you don't ever want to promote an education, and this is only on a varied scale in this country, you don't want to promote an education that ever pushes for why revolution works. Uh, so before and after the war, Albert opposed the creation of... Uh, of a Jewish state in Palestine, he thought it would ruin the Jewish people. Quote, I am afraid of the damage Judaism will sustain, especially from the development of a narrow nationalism within our ranks. Hmm. But he does support Israel when it's created. He emphasized the way in which they treated the Arab population would be, quote, the real test of our moral standards as a people. How'd that work out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When 
when the first Israeli president died in 1952, there was a campaign for Albert to be the next president. Wow. He read it in the New York Times and laughed until he received a telegram from the Israeli embassy offering it officially. Wow. Albert handed him his written rejection immediately. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. There's another movie. He totally nailed it, though. He totally nailed it, though. It's how they treat... Yeah, yeah, right. It's how, how they treat the, the Arabs that will be the definition of their state, yeah. and that's what it yep. is. In 1955, his abdominal aneurysm broke, and the next day at the hospital, he jotted down a few calculations, a final attempt at a unified theory equation, and then he died, age 76. He was still focused on physics and creating unified theory. He never completed it. His history of political activism is completely ignored because it's considered not what America likes. God, what a complicated existence. I, I, this, I mean, it's just, just... I mean, again, it's like... <laughs> I still sound like the person who first did this show, but it's his... I, it's like... I'm like the infomercial guy. History can be interesting. Like, why would you not teach the whole story of Albert Einstein? It's, I would remember that. I would retain that. It's. Yeah, but they don't want you to. I know. I know. I mean, when I say why, I'm like, I know why. But it's like, it would just be. Like, shouldn't the point just be let's get more educated from the past versus let's ignore it to repeat it? You can't have, you cannot absolutely, you cannot have the person who's considered the smartest man to be pro-communism or pro-socialism. Yeah, no. You can't have that. They they can't have that. No. That absolutely cannot be a thing. Because then people will be like, well, what's wrong with it then? If the smartest guy in the world. I mean, well, that's what it should. It was okay. That's what it, it always should be promoted as, by the way. If you want to have like when you're actually talking about like who should be in charge, it's like should be the smartest person, the smartest person. We should have a really smart person who I, ideally, along with being smart, is so, principled. But when you look. So at, you think. You think he should maybe run the National Organization of Women? No, that's not what I'm saying. No, <laughs> no. But, but I'm just saying that, like, when you look at our politics, it's never, you're never like, this is one of the smartest people I've ever heard. You're like, yeah, he was like, never. He was, it's like Ron DeSantis or, you know, Joe Biden, like Trump. They're not, they're not the smartest people. They're just not. You know, no. it's like, why, do, why are we listening no. to what Kardashians think? What? This is irrelevant. Yeah, no, it's... It, Why are we listening to idiots that? Idiots always get to... Because capitalism doesn't reward smarts. It rewards, number one, rich. It double rewards rich. And it rewards psychopaths. And it's and like it the, w- the way that like he... Dummies get to... The way that he paints America's future is, is just exact. It's exact. Exactly. It is, it is... It is, you know, I mean, we've talked about it before... You know, the way that you are, you live in a system that despises socialism. However, it employs it for itself 
all the time, and you pay for it already. And yet we're like, well, the, you, this wouldn't work here. But it works when, you know, when you have to bail these fuckers out. Or I even can't get over the fact that, like, I, I, how the fuck are politicians asking us for money? Like, if you're a Democrat or a Republican and you need money for your campaign, go fucking get it from other people in your party who have conned the system to make the money. Go do that. Like, when I see, like, Joe Biden, I'm like, go, to, go get money from Nancy Pelosi. Or when you see, like, Trump asking for you, like, <laughs> dude, you've grifted so many millions of dollars. How the fuck are you asking people for money? Like, because he gets it because they get it because they get it because people are, you know, terrified. And, and, and also, it's not even just because it's also because we've we slowly get to these points so it doesn't seem so bad. It's the fact that all this stuff kind of moves glacially rather than hyperspeed. And so you go, yeah, no, I know. But if we can just get a new pill that, you know, women can take, then that's pretty good. And it's like, no, what the fuck? A year ago, two years ago, you could get abortions in this country. So everything, like, moves in the direction slowly. And so your reaction is always just more of, like... You're just used to it by the time it bottoms out. You're just used to it. And that's like why when you see that Arizona's 100 degrees for a month, you go, well, I mean, you know, it was like 98 last year for a long time. You know, it's like, okay, well, then it's going to be 110, and then people are going to be fucking dying at a higher clip. And then it's going to be 120. And then at what point do you go, holy fuck, you could cook pasta in the ocean. Really? It's getting there. It's getting there so, soon enough. So I can just go down in the ocean with, like, I can bring noodles. Well, a lot of the recipes call for salt in the water, so. Okay. Makes it boil right. faster, so. I'm hearing positives. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're listening. There's a, there's, there's a lot of good that's happening right now. You can fry eggs on sidewalks. You can cook pasta in the ocean. Um. You know, it's good. Yeah. I put a steak on my friend Al's head. Um, research was done by Charlotte George. Main source, Walter Isaacson, Einstein, his life and universe. Uh, also, the travel diaries of Albert Einstein, the Far East Palestine and Spain, uh, Fred Drome, Einstein race and the myth of cultural icon, uh, Michelle Zackheim, Einstein's daughter, uh, The Guardian, Einstein's travel diaries reveal shocking xenophobia. Uh, medium, turns out Einstein was a cold-hearted misogynist who attempted to control his wife's every move. Uh, Newsweek, Time, blah, blah, blah. Ta-da! All right. Crazy. 